Are you excited to hear from God's word? Amen. This is the most important session and all the worship and everything that we do is building up for this very moment to hear from this precious word of God. So I want to invite you to join along with me uh, as I preach God's word to you and you know what to do. If you've brought your notebooks, blessed are you. <laughs> I'm just joking. You're still blessed if you don't bring it. Just make sure you bring it next time. So I want to speak to you on a subject today called running the race. If you have your Bibles, turn with me quickly to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. If you're there, uh, I would like to read it for you. It's a very familiar passage to most of us. Most of us may even know this by heart. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. I, I, if you have your pens with you or if you're on the Bible app, I want you to underline just the last part of the first verse that says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The life of a Christian can be summed up in this one verse. Run the race with endurance. Now this sums it all up. It defines what the life of a Christian should be like. And it tells us how we have to live. That is, we have to run this race of life with endurance. If you look at the life of Paul, he gets to the end of his life in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. He says, I have finished the race. What does he say? I have finished the race. It's, it's like when he got to the end of his life, he saw himself as an athlete who ran, who ran the race. He successfully completed the goal or the race that God had set before him. It's something that I want all of you to understand. The moment we come to the Lord and say, Lord, accept me as your child, take me as your child, and I give my life to you and everything, God takes us, puts us on a racetrack, and says, on your mark, get set, go. And we start running. We start running. We start running. And this running doesn't end in 100 meters. This running doesn't end in 200 meters. This running doesn't end in 400. It doesn't end anywhere. But it ends when Jesus wants to take you home. What this race signifies is that it signifies fulfilling God's purposes for a life on earth. Living for God's glory and accomplishing his will on earth. Now if you look at this, if you look at the Christian's life as a race, as an athlete, if you look at a Christian life, it's not a vague one. It's not something where you wake up in the morning and you're not sure what to do. It's like, okay, you go to church because everybody goes to church. It's, it's not a vague life. It's not a pointless life. But it's a goal-oriented life. It's a life filled with purpose. It's a life where you achieve and make progress. It's a life where every day you are moving towards the goal. You're moving towards the goal that Christ has given you. 
And what we have to understand is that in this race, all of us are running and we have tracks set for us. Tracks set for us. Now, in this race, unlike other races, I don't know how many of you have participated. I have participated and I've miserably failed. I used to participate to give company to my friends and just so that I'm not left out all alone. And so I would just participate and I remember, you know, running a 100 meter race. Uh, before starting the race, I looked to the length of the track and I thought, okay, this is not bad. I can do this. And I started the race within a couple of seconds. There are guys way ahead of me. I'm still far behind. It's not easy to run one race. It's not easy to win a race. Uh, look at people like Usain Bolt, 9.58 seconds, 100 meters. In fact, they say that uh, in one relay race, he crossed 100 meters in less than eight seconds. That is, uh, to, to win that, to get such sort of a uh, goal, it, it takes a lot of commitment, a lot of hard work. And so if you look at our Christian life, it's not something where it's very vague. It's goal-oriented. Every day when we wake up in the morning, we are running towards something that Christ has set for us. So in this race, nobody is competing with each other. Rather in this race, what we are doing is that we are helping each one run better. And so the writer of the Hebrews reminds us this, that we have to run the race that is set before us. He encourages us to run that race and not drift away from that race. There's one thing we have to learn over and over again from scripture, that is we have to run the race. We have to every day ask ourselves, Lord, what do you have in store for me? Help me do that. What do you want me to do in my life? In this life that you've given me, what do you want me to accomplish? Help me do that every single day. There's something that I've been personally praying to the Lord and asking for. I've been praying and asking God, tell me things I should not be doing. Tell me things I should not be doing. But because oftentimes we pray to the Lord saying, God, tell me what I should do. And also what I've been learning of late is that sometimes our flesh will lead us into so many things that may seem like the will of God. It may make it seem like, oh, this is God's will. And I've been praying saying, God, in this race I am running, I don't want to run on others' tracks. It's so easy to run on others' tracks. Look at them, oh, they're doing so much better in life. Maybe I should try doing what they're doing. We should not. Because we will never succeed in others' tracks. The flesh will always pull us into doing things that God has not called us to do. It will always pull us into things where we will do things that God has never designed for us. And so when I understood this, I began to pray saying, Lord, keep me away from things that I'm not supposed to do. Because every opportunity may seem like a godly one, but it may not be the one for me. I don't know how many of you make such prayers. I don't know how many of you have made such prayers, but we should pray that way because the race is set for us and there's a track that is set for us and we have to run on that track alone, on the track alone. Because, you know, I want to get to the end of my life and I'm sure all of you want to do this. We have to get to the end of our life and say, I have finished the race. We have to get to the end of our life and say, yes, I have done what Christ wanted me to do. Yes, I have done what God wanted me to do. We have to reach that point where we have to say that I have fulfilled God's purpose for my life. One of the things the author of Hebrew reminds us that this race is already set before us and we simply have to run it. 
He says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. See, one of the biggest work of the enemy is this. He tries to dislodge us from the track. Just a small deviation. You look at a flight that's taking off. If, it's, if there's a small deviation in the way it takes off, it'll land in another place altogether. If, if you're starting on a race track and if you're not completely set on your own track, by the time you reach the end, you'll be running on other tracks. I, I've, I don't know if you've done that. I've also done that. I just, sometimes I would close my eyes and run. I'll be on, my, on the third track. <laughs> the enemy always tries to dislodge us. He just, just pushes us. Sometimes, you know, we may think, oh, he will destroy my life. You know what he does? He just pushes us a little bit. Little away, just a little bit. So that we will live and do what others are doing. And in this life we live, we have to be very careful every day when, in the morning when we wake up. Lord, am I living this life that you've designed for me? Am I running this race every single day? Am I living the life that you've made for me? Am I running the race that I'm built to run? Am I running the race that was given to me? Am I running the race that I'm called to run? I don't know where your life is today. I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey, but there's one thing for sure that I want you to know. Run your race with endurance. Run your race. That's the recommendation of this author of Hebrews. He says, run the race that was set before you. We don't have to invent God's will for our life. All we have to do is listen what God wants us to do and simply do it. We don't have to find new parts. We don't have to create new things. Rather, all we have to do is just say, Lord, what do you want me to do? I will follow that. Do it. Simply, that's all we have to do in this life. We simply have to run the race that is given to us. And so, we're going to look at how do we run this race of life. There are four ways to do that. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. Are you with me? Yes? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. This passage contains very specific instruction on how to run this race. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. It begins like this by saying, Therefore, we also, since are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. The first thing to do, if we want to run this race of life, the first thing that we have to do is that we have to lay aside every weight. This instruction is very theological one, also a very practical one. If you look at an athlete who runs a race, he doesn't wear a jeans pant. He doesn't wear heavy clothes. Rather, he wears clothes that help him run faster. They wear a dress that is suited for the race. Because if they wear something that is not suited for the race, it's going to add extra weight on their body that will make them slower that will not help them reach the finish line. So the writer packs a very theological message and also a very practical one for us to understand how to complete this race. As we live life every day, we have to understand there are some weight we will gather that will eventually pull us down. Now this may not happen in one day. This may not happen in, in one week. But eventually we will be gathering weight around us that all of a sudden we will notice that we are weak in our spiritual life. All of a sudden we notice that we get angry too often. All of a sudden we notice that we are blaming others for everything that's going on in our life. 
These are weights that slow down the race that we are set, that is set to run before us. The writer says, simply get rid of it. It's, he says, lay aside every weight. If you notice, the interesting thing is this. He says, let us lay aside every weight. In other words, there's a personal responsibility to lay aside those weights. Sometimes we sit and pray and fast saying, Lord, take this out of my life. But God will say, I've already given the strength to deal with this. Why don't you deal with that? We will say, Lord, I'm going to fast for 10 days and pray day and night. I'm going to seek the face of the Lord so that this can leave my life. No. God says, I've already given, given it to you. See, many times there are habits, there are things in our life that can be simply taken and thrown away. See, see the way the author of Hebrews is writing, he's saying, let us lay aside every weight. He's not saying, go fast and pray, fix yourself. He's saying, very practical, lay aside every weight. Look at your life, see what is bothering you, see what is pulling you down. Take that and keep it away. In other words, our anger, if we are getting angry very often, that's a personal responsibility. If we are blaming others for everything that goes wrong in our life, that's, there's a personal responsibility to it. It's not something that it is out of our control. We are doing it intentionally. And we can overcome that. We can take that out of our life. But we still keep looking at others and looking at people to help us with it. If there is a weight, we've got to take it off and put it off from our life. Now let me get a little more practical with this. Now do you know there are some things that are there in our life that is not sin? But still is a weight that pulls us down. Let me say it again. Do you know there are some things in our life that is not sin, but are still things that will pull us down? Somebody said like this, our choices are not always between right and wrong, but between something that may hinder us and something else that may not hinder us. Let me help you understand this better. Now one thing that falls under this category, there are many things that comes under this, but there is one thing in specific that falls under this category. That is inability to handle criticism. In this race of life, in this life that we are living, all of us, I'm sure all of you have been through this path where people have criticized you. No matter how good you are, no matter what you do, they still criticize you. Now think of it. Now this is not a sin that you cannot handle criticism, but it is a weight that can hinder you from reaching the goal. I want you to listen carefully. If you want to successfully complete the race that God has set before you, you should be able to handle what people say about you. You get it? If you want to successfully complete the race that is set before you, you should be able to handle what people say about you. You should be able to handle how people criticize you. Because the moment you step aside and think, how dare they talk about me this way? How dare they think about me this way? That itself will become an hindrance for you to run the race. Do you get what I'm saying? The writer is very practical. He's talking about things that are not exactly a sin in our life, but are dead weight. If we have an inability to handle criticism, 
that can become a weight that will start pulling us down. Because the moment somebody talks bad about us, we just can't bear it. We just can't digest the fact that somebody has said this about us. That can become a hindrance for us to run the race. Run the race. You know, in my personal life, uh, personally in the ministry, I remember somebody um, in the early stages of when I was taking Bible studies, one person came up to me and said, what you're teaching is not good. And I, I, it was the early stages. I was, uh, this was my first few months in Mangalore. And I heard that and I felt really bad. I felt really bad because, you know, that's a heavy criticism. And I went back to my room. I was thinking about it. Next day in the morning, I wake up, I think about it. Evening, I think about it. How can they say that to me? Don't they know how much I prepare? All these thoughts are going on and on in my mind. So whether I argue with that person, face to face or not, I'm arguing internally. I'm imagining their dialogue, my dialogue and something. You know, all these things are going on constantly. Why? Simply because I was not able to handle criticism. If we cannot handle criticism, we cannot complete this race. That's something we have to learn. That's a hard truth that we have to learn. If we cannot handle what people throw to us, then it will be a dead weight that pulls us down. What I've learned today is people will talk anything about you. There's one thing you cannot control, that is a man's or a woman's tongue. Can you control it? You cannot. You can't, you know, put a uh, tape around their mouth and say, don't talk to me. You can't, don't talk about me. We can't do that. Some things are there we can never control in life. But you know what you can control? How you react to it. Because how you react to it determines how well you run the race. If all you're thinking about is how people are dealing with me, how they look at me, it's going to be a weight that will pull us down. If you look at the life of Paul, there is something interesting you can learn. In Acts chapter 20, verse 24, let's look at that verse, Acts 20, 24. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Just, just focus on the first part of this verse. What does it say? But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish the race with joy. What is he saying about his own life? I do not count, nor do I count my life dear to myself. In other words, he didn't care about what people said about him. And what was his focus? Look at it. So that I may finish my race with joy. Do you get the point? Now to complete this race successfully, we have to live a life where we don't care too much about ourselves. We are not caring too much about our image or how people treat us. Rather, all we are focused on is running the race. You know, I imagine Paul this way. He would have woken up every day in the morning and made sure that I'm going to run the race for Jesus. I'm going to make sure I get to that goal. I'm going to make sure that I get to the end point. He didn't care about how people treated him. He didn't care about the times he was beaten up. He didn't care about the stones that fell on him. All he cared about is one thing, that I may finish my race with joy. See, you see, many times we don't understand this. We live life carrying thoughts about how people have treated us. 
We live life thinking of, of the way people have cheated us. We live life thinking about the ways that people uh, have, been, have treated us so unfairly. I, you know, I've, I've personally been discriminated racially um, in, in so many different ways, in so many different places. And sometimes when I think of that, it bothers me. I, when I see that particular group of people who discriminated me, I'm like, maybe it's an opportunity to pay back. But God says, no. How do I have to see my life? Count my life. I, do, I should not count my life dear to myself. In other words, my life shouldn't, shouldn't become all that important. I shouldn't be like, oh, do you know who I am? Do you know how much I pray? Who cares? What God, what really matters at the end of it is, have you run the race? Now to run the race, what, we, what do we have to do? Don't think of yourself as too much. I often tell people who come to me for counseling, see, the easiest way to solve problem is think less of yourself. We often struggle with so much because we think too high of ourselves that we're not able to handle the fact that somebody has said something to us. Look at the life of Paul. He didn't count his life dear to him. In one place he says, I, I wish to depart, I wish to go to heaven, but I, it's better for me to be here. You look at this man's life, you know, he's been through shipwreck. Have you ever been in a ship where it just broke apart? <laughs> this man has been through terrible situations. He's been without food, the Bible says. He's been naked. He didn't have enough provision for himself. He was stoned to death. He was almost left half dead. But did he stop anywhere? Why? He didn't let how others people, how others treated him to be a stumbling block. It doesn't matter how people treat us. It doesn't matter how they say to us. It doesn't matter what they say to us or how they treat us. It doesn't really matter. All it matters is I have to get to the end of this race. Paul says like this in 2 Timothy, he says, Now there is a crown of righteousness in store for me, which the Lord Jesus will give to me on that day. He was a man who ran with this focus of the goal. I need to get to the end line. I need to get to the finish line so that I can re receive the reward from Jesus. You know, the greatest pitfall of Christians today is we always look for reward from people. We always look for people to praise us. We always look for people to say something to us. You know, the more we look for reward from people, we're going to miss out the reward that is going to come from Jesus. Because if you want to listen from people, if you want good words from people, if you need appreciation from people, you've got to compromise. You've got to please them in ways that God won't be pleased with. God says, run the race. What, what is the weight that is pulling you down? What is the weight that is pulling you down? Every time you want to make an effort to go forward, but it's pulling you down and you wonder, Lord, why? Why am I this way? Why can't I be different? You wonder, Lord, I, I want to get rid of this. I want to get rid of this, this, this liking for human appreciation. I, I just want to get rid of this. But it's always there. It's always there in our heart. The key is in this verse. Acts chapter 20 verse 24, he says, I do not count my life dear. Don't look at yourself too highly 
I'd rather think of yourself in a very moderate way. Okay, God has given me life. I have to live that all glory to him. Like Paul said, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I was talking to a friend of mine and he said like this, he said, Josh, I don't care what people say about me because whenever they talk about me, they're talking about a dead man. And that's an interesting perspective. He said, they're talking about a dead man. They're talking about a man who is dead. Only Christ is living in him. And so if they want to talk about me, they're talking about somebody that's dead already. That's the way to live life. Now, if you live that way, I tell you, you will be able to get to that goal. You'll be able to get to the finish line. You'll be able to receive that reward from Jesus. Receive reward from Jesus. The, the thing I've learned about life is this. The more you grow, the less supporters you'll have and the more critics you will have. Lesser supporters and more critics. Sooner or later we have to handle, we have to learn to handle what people say about us. If, if, if we really want to get to this end goal, we have to stop worrying how people treat us. Amen? Are you with me? We have to stop worrying about what people think and say about us. You know, it will be a great moment of victory. You know, it will be a great moment of victory if we can get over what people think about us or say about us. Amen. Is there a dead weight in your life? Are there thoughts of criticism that are still living in your heart? Maybe somebody told you five years ago or two years ago or just a couple of weeks ago. Is that still living in your heart? Are you having imaginary arguments in your mind? God says that is a dead weight. That's a dead weight. You've got to get rid of that. Because unless you get rid of that, you cannot run the race. The writer of Hebrews says, let us lay aside every weight. Look at your life. See what is this dead weight and put it aside. Amen. Let's look at the second thing. How do we run this race? Second thing. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 goes on to say, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. That's the second way to run this race. We have to get rid of sin that easily ensnares us. If you look at the word sin that easily ensnares us, it comes from the Greek word which can be translated in a couple of ways. One of the ways is sin that can be easily avoided. Sin that is ensnaring or sin that is dangerous. I want to focus on sins that can be easily avoided. You know, many times we blame the devil for everything that goes wrong in our life. If we say something unnecessary, we, think we just pray, cast the devil out in Jesus' name. But do you know something that we often miss out? Do you know something what we miss out very often? We miss out the fact that these are sins that can be easily avoided. Easily avoided, can be avoided. It is just that we don't have self-control in our life. There are so many of us, uh, as, as Christians, we're living without a self-control. And so when, when somebody comes and says something to us, we get triggered. At that very moment, we go from holy to a, another level of holiness. We, we go from one level of talking to another level of talking. Our, our entire being changes. Why? Because there is a sin 
that is in our life that can be easily avoided, but we don't. We don't. We play in the devil and we just cast out the devil in Jesus' name. But the Bible reminds us there is a sin. You can easily stay away from it. But you're still keeping that in your life. If you want to run this race of life successfully, look at that sin and see what it is. You know, some people when they talk to me and say, okay, maybe this is how I am, this is how, maybe I'm not going to change. No. If you have anger issues, you can deal with it. If you have issues of jealousy, you can deal with it. If you have issues of anything, just anything, it can be dealt with. There is nothing that cannot be dealt with. It is just that we don't make the effort and we always put the blame on the devil and say, oh, he did that to me. No. There is always a responsibility on our part. Look at this sin. What is this sin that holds you back? Now you know this. And I believe God is reminding you even right now as you hear this word. There is a sin that easily entangles you. You can get away from it, but you're not getting away from it. God says, get out of it. Lay aside every sin that so easily entangles us. So the more we ask the Lord and say, Lord, work this. I want to get out of it. And then we make a personal effort. Things are going to change in our life. And then we will be able to run this race. I tell you, Every day, think of yourself as an athlete. I, I would like to think of myself as an athlete, but my, my body size says, no, <laughs> you're nowhere close. I would like to think of myself as an athlete because in this race of life, in this life as a Christian, I'm running every day. Christian life is not a walk in the park or not walking in the side of the road, just somehow living life. No, every day I'm running towards the goal. Every day I'm running towards Jesus the author and the finisher of my faith. Every day I'm running towards him. And if there is a sin that pulls me down, that can be easily avoided, let me keep it away out of my life. Because, of inst because I'd rather reach the goal, get to the end of the finish line, and receive the reward from Jesus, than die in my sins. Sins that can be easily avoided, has to be avoided so that we can run the race. Third thing, the third thing that we have to do to run the race. The third thing is this, we have to run with endurance. If you look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, the last part of that verse says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, you cannot reach the goal of your Christian life unless you endure. Now, the difference between an athlete running a race and a Christian running a race is this. An athlete is running on a ground that is cleared, leveled out, that has no thistles, no thorns, no stumbling blocks. All he has to do is run. But in the Christian life, it's very different. There are going to be some stumbling blocks. There are going to be some challenging moments, but we still have to run in spite of that. See, in the race that God has given, given us, we must run it with effort and commitment. We can never be passive and say, maybe one day I'll be able to run this race. Maybe one day I will do this. No, that one day will never come. God wants us to run the race and finish it. I was sharing this with my family yesterday. I was, I was sharing with her saying, you know, I should talk about this subject. It's called God the Taskmaster. Have you heard of that sermon? God the Taskmaster. Many times we don't think of God that way. I'll tell you why. Because personally in ministry... When God tells me to do something, I have to do it. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. 
When God wants us to do something, He wants us to do it. When He set the race before us, He wants us to run it. We cannot keep giving excuses every day. Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do about finance. I don't know what to do about this. God says, doesn't matter. Run the race. Run the race. You know, let me tell you this testimony. You know, when, we, when I was buying these lights, I had a very short period of time. And I wanted to buy it. But no money. Within a couple of hours, I have to make a payment. And I didn't know what to do. But God says, said, today you're going to buy this light. I was like, God, I, I thank you for leading me this way. But I have no money. No money. And I can tell you something, you know, whenever God wants to do us something, us to do something, we just have to take a step of faith. It doesn't matter what we have, what we do not have. And I can tell you, you know, by the evening, by 4.30 p.m., I had enough money to order the first set of lights. And the next day, it was like next, you know, next indication, ordered another set of lights. I was like, God, this is double the price. I don't know what to do. I can tell you, I got the funds for that also. See, when God tells you go, you won't have anything, but still go. Still go. Because when God wants you to do something, He has already prepared the resource for you, but you'll only see that resource when you walk, when you take a step of faith. And so in this race that God has given us, He just wants to run with an effort and personal commitment. If you look at the life of Paul, he runs this race as an athlete that is running the race. If you look at his life, nothing will keep him away from finishing that race. You know, he, he, he's one day in an island and he's putting firewood, throwing wood in the fire to burn this fire because to keep themselves warm. And all of a sudden a snake bites him. A viper catches, catches his finger. What does Paul do? Does he start ca ca casting out the demon in the name of Jesus? Just throws it away. Does he say, oh, I, I, need some, I need to be admitted in the hospital right now? Nothing. He, he didn't bother about it. He knew all he had to do was one thing, finish the race. It didn't matter how people treated him, how many times he had to escape, how many times he was beaten, it didn't matter. All that mattered was run the race. If you look at the word race that is used here, it comes from the ancient Greek called agona. And this word just doesn't mean running. It also means conflict, struggle of many kinds. That's what the word race means. What does it mean? Conflict and struggle of many kinds. Now to run this race, what we need is this attitude called endurance. Now the word endurance comes from the Greek word hupomone, which means patience that demonstrates a determination. It's not like, okay, something is happening in my life, I'm just going to sit and wait on the Lord for the season to pass through. No. It's not that kind of patience. The patience that says, no matter what comes in my way, I'm going to do it. No matter who puts a knife on my throat, I'm still going to preach the gospel. No matter what opposition I face, I'm still going to do it. That is what is spoken about here. It's an endurance that does not waver. It's an endurance that is determined. It does not delay. It goes on steadily and it refuses to be stopped at any moment in life. At any moment in life. That's how we have to run the race. And in this race, we're going to face challenges. We're going to face times when we will feel like, Lord, I can't do this. I can't do this. 
I can tell you so many times I, before coming to church, before I get on stage to preach, I'm like, God, I can't preach. I'm, I feel very weak. I don't know how to do this. But I tell you, in every step of weakness, God's strength makes me perfect. If we have this determination that says, no matter how weak I am, no matter how sick I am, I'll still serve the Lord. If we have this determination that says, no matter what opposition I face, I'm still going to accomplish His will, God looks for that. That is that endurance that will help us complete the race. Amen. You see, one of the biggest problems or the biggest enemies of the Christian life is the prosperity gospel. Let me say this again. One of the biggest hindrances to the growth of a Christian life is the prosperity gospel. Because why? The prosperity gospel simply says, God died for you on the cross to keep you healthy, wealthy and prosperous. The Bible nowhere says that. The Bible nowhere says that. God didn't die on the cross so that you can buy new cars or a mansion. God didn't die on the cross for you so that you can live the life of luxury that you want to live. Because let me tell you what, when thoughts like these come, what happens is they say, okay, there is 100% physical healing for you. You're never supposed to suffer in any way. Nothing should happen to you. You're supposed to live a very prosperous life. If anything comes, that's from the devil. All these thoughts twist scripture. You look at what this race is like. It's a race, it's a race that has to be run with endurance. It's not a race where you can just walk and get through everything. It's a race where sometimes you have to fight back to keep running. Sometimes you have to keep going strong in spite of all the opposition that you face. Christian life is not an easy one. It's not something where we can just enjoy it but rather a fight but when you get to the end of it there is a crown of righteousness in store for you and we have to always run with endurance no matter what opposition you face don't worry this is life what did Jesus say in this world you will have no troubles no no he said in this world what will what will you have many troubles but take heart I have overcome the world if Jesus himself said then there is going to be troubles in this world but you know what we can do to endure that? Just keep going on. No matter what opposition we face, keep going on. No matter how people criticize you, keep going on. No matter how people discourage you, keep going on. No matter what you lack, keep going on. Because as you keep going on, God will provide all that you need. That is why Paul, sitting in a prison, says like this, My God shall provide all your needs according to his riches and glory. When you live the life of faith, God takes care of you. When you run the race with endurance, when you fight back at situations, when you live with the determination, I tell you, God will meet your needs, will take care of you, will go before you. Amen. So the third way to run this race is we have to run with endurance. And the last and the fourth one is this. The last way to run this race is, is that we have to focus on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says like this, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. If you look at this second verse, where it says, looking unto Jesus, if you look at all the instructions that we heard so far, it, and the way the author has written it, it's like a process. 
Because there's a very interesting way. Because unless you lay aside every weight in your life, you cannot focus fully on Jesus. Unless you get rid of sin out of your life, you cannot fully set your eyes on Jesus. Unless we endure, we will not be able to focus on him. And so with the moment we learn to lay aside every weight, to remove sin out of our life, if we learn to endure, then we will be able to set our eyes on him. Now when we read this verse, looking unto Jesus, oh it's so easy, just I have to look unto him every day. No. The moment we sit in prayer, what happens is we are able to focus for two minutes and for the remaining 58 minutes, we think of all the troubles of the world and all the way in which people have treated us. Do you know why we are not able to focus on Jesus? There is a weight that is in our life that we are supposed to lay aside. We sit in prayer, we want to pray and spend the time with the Lord, but five minutes later, we can't even say a next word, we can't even read the Bible. Why? Because there is sin in our life that needs to be removed away. There's a sin that has to be cast away from our life. You see, if there is sin in our hearts, we cannot focus on worship, on Je worship Jesus. Because sin will constantly keep us away from spending time with Him. And if we do not endure, see, Paul tells Timothy like this, join with me in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. What does Paul say to Timothy? Join with me in suffering. This is the verse they gave to me when I was ordained as a pastor. Uh, they said, join with me in suffering as a good soldier. I was like, and that day I was translating the sermon. <laughs> and the preacher quoted the verse, I read the verse and I was smiling to myself. What a verse. It's so true. Join with me in suffering as a good soldier. A soldier doesn't live a life of luxury. He's not looking for that. All he's looking for is fulfill the master's command. Fulfill what the master wants me to do. That's how our Christian life is. We always have to be focused on one thing that is, I should reach the goal. But unless you endure that, unless you can endure the race, Unless you can overcome obstacles in your way, you cannot reach the goal. And to live that way, you need to live like a soldier for Jesus. And if you can live like a soldier for Jesus, then you'll be able to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. The beautiful truth about this race is this, that he's the one who starts it and he's the one who finishes it. Another important thing to understand, he starts the race and he runs with you. And it takes you to the finish line. Many times instead of focusing on Jesus, we are focusing too much on the weight, on the sin, on the things that are painful in our life. But God says just push everything aside. Push every weight aside. Push every sin aside. End your suffering. Focus on me. Because when you look unto me, you will receive strength to get through every step of the way. Every step of the way. Church, I want to remind you this truth once again. A Christian life is not a vague one. It's not a, not a purposeless one. It's a one with purpose, with goals. And we have to live that life every day by running the race that is set before us. We have to wake up in the morning like an athlete prepares himself. We have to prepare ourselves in prayer. Like an athlete, you know, eats healthy breakfast. We have to eat, consume the word of God and then start running this race. 
because we have a goal that is we have to see Jesus on the other end and when we see him he will give us that reward and that's what we are looking for and that's what we are running towards let's live with that thought every single day that i have to run the race i have to run the race that i have to run the race that is set for